Now you follow as I read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, as you know, we're, we've introduced this, um, this great chapter. And this is <clears throat> the third sermon in 2 Corinthians 5, and then we'll have two more, Lord willing. So the text reads like this. <clears throat> from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this, this endures forever. Guys, I'm hoping that many of you took me up on my suggestion about memorizing the 17th verse of 2 Corinthians 5, um, but just in case you ignored me, which happens all the time, um, here it is. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. The new, well, we like new things. We like new cars, we like new clothes, we like new houses. But what about a new start? How about that? Well, there's where it comes from. You'll notice that in that text that we looked at two weeks ago, it describes us having a new position. That is, as Christians, we have a new position. We're no longer in Adam, we're in Christ. But that's not all. Um, not only do we have a new position, but we have a, a new character, a, a whole new um, way of viewing life. We're not just a better version or an improved edition. There is this heavenly, this heavenly something that has been called into being by a work of God, which in theological circles we call regeneration. And in that regeneration, God has replaced the old, this old rocky, stony heart that I had, and he's replaced it with something new and fleshly and alive. Um, not, not just a new part of me, but all of me. I'm entirely new, and not, not later, but now. That's what that text is pointing out. Now, wait just a minute, Dr. Young. You know, I've read the Bible, too, you know, and I, I, I read um, 
I read Ecclesiastes just recently and, uh, and, uh, and Solomon says in that book that there's nothing new under the sun. Far from me to quibble with Solomon, but, and Solomon was right. But folks, the work of God that is described in 17 is not under the sun. It is done by the God who owns the sun, who made the sun, who lives above the sun, and he has moved to replace my old heart and put in there a new one. A new one that's alive. Um, that heretofore had been dead. So everything changes. My, my, my values, my views, my commitments, my, my pleasures, my, my pursuits, my definitions, all of it gets changed because I'm a new creation. Now, um, let's move to dig deeper into this gold mine of a text. And I want to point out this morning three things that, I, that are in there that, from this paragraph that I read. Three things that I want you to, 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 to see. And I'm sure there's other things that I'm going to skip, but just three that I've identified. First, to that grand and glorious text of verse 17, I want to add... The next one, verse 18, which is really a thought um, that, that doesn't end until the end of verse 20. It's just one thought. And, and folks, did you notice in those verses how often the word reconciled or reconciliation were mentioned? Five times, three verses. In three verses, five times, reconcile or reconciliation gets mentioned. But before we tackle that thing, that, that reconciliation thing, I want you to look with me at the first five words of verse 18. Look at those. All this is from God. <laughs> How about that? All this is from God. Well, what on earth is the all this? Well, folks, all those things um, that are associated with me becoming a new creation in Christ, all that is from God. All the things that combined to make me a new creation that is from God. Gang, in a lot of ways, it's, um, it's like Ephesians 2, 8, that many of you know. Uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any mention. You know that one. Well, so the grace, the saving, and the faith, well, it's all a gift. The whole thing is a gift. All of it is from God. This new heart that I have which then leads to saving faith. Huh. That's from God. Folks, nothing springs or originates from a dead heart. Lazarus, in John 11, 
wasn't lying in that tomb in there saying to himself, you know, it's time that I get up. No. It was that call from Jesus that had in it power and in the, in the words that brought Lazarus out of death into life. He was dead. And then he got resurrected from the dead. All of that is from God. All those saving works are from God. What saving works? Well, calling and regeneration and faith and pardon and sanctification and peace and access to God, all of it, all of that is from God. You see, guys, only God has merit and only God can raise the dead. And that's what he's done. All of those things that he did to bring a bunch of people like us out of spiritual death into spiritual life. All of those things are from God. Folks, um, there is a, a verse that I think we all know, a lot of us know, and perhaps have memorized. <clears throat> it's in James 1, verse 17. And, and it reads like this, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Let me read it. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Now, tell me, would you call salvation a good gift, a good thing? Yeah, so would I. That came from above, from the Father of lights. All of it is from God. So ladies and gentlemen, the first thing that I wanted you to see is tucked away in this paragraph that usually causes nobody to pause over it when they're reading it, what you have in five words is a summary of the sovereignty of God. All this is from God. Isn't that marvelous? The second thing. Guys, um, there's a big old richly significant word in this paragraph and it's the word reconciliation or reconciled however which whenever they're both in the same cognate family but there's the, a rich theological truth contained within reconciliation okay let's let's unravel it um folks what kind of relationship are we talking about when we say that that, rec that relationship was reconciled? What kind of relationship were we describing? Well, we were describing one that was broken, that was 
There was estrangement. There was alienation. So here's the first thing that you need to know about reconciliation. Reconciliation presupposes a broken relationship. All things prior to my becoming a Christian, all things were broken. When is reconciliation necessary? Mm. Or why is it necessary? Because my relationship with God was broken. All things with God were not good. In fact, they were horribly bad. Why? Because of my sin. What broke the relationship? My sin. What is it that necessitated reconciliation? My sin. That's the cause, ladies and gentlemen. But here's what reconciliation goes on to say. God has turned enmity into love through Christ. God has removed the ground of the estrangement, which was my sin. So his enmity is gone. That is, his enmity with us. But ours with him is not gone. You see, in verse 20, it says, that's what we're pleading with for, is that men be reconciled to God because they're not. But everything necessary to establish and repair that relationship has been done by God. You see, guys, reconciliation begins with God, it is accomplished by God, and it is a finished work. Reconciliation is what God has done through Christ to restore a relationship that was broken by sin. Reconciliation is the work that God did through Christ to restore a relationship that was broken by sin. Okay, here's the third thing. Um, the work of reconciliation was committed to Christ. Christ performed it. But the work of proclamation of that work of reconciliation was committed to us. God uses other redeemed men and women to appeal to, to appeal to the not yet redeemed. He uses the stammering lips of other humans to issue an invitation to men to be reconciled to God. So, Number one, what is the goal of gospel ministry? Well, it is to see men reconciled to God. Men who are by nature 
enemies of God. We saw that in, in Ephesians 2. You are by nature children of wrath, it says. Now, what is the message that we have for those people who are still at war with God? The content of the message, look at it in verse 19. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Folks, here's the content of the message. Your sin will not be held against you if you trust in the God-provided Savior. That's our message. That God has found a way to make people who are enemies into friends. And the way that he found was very costly to him, but free to us. So, here's what I've been charged with, telling the unredeemed. Take advantage of the gracious, gracious offer of God Enter into this new status of peace because the ground of reconciliation has been provided by Christ. Now guys, notice that the ambassadors are not sent to hammer out the terms of peace with you. They don't have to make up the message, but they merely have to proclaim the message that has been given to them. They have no permission to change any of the terms of the message of reconciliation. And also notice that the message that we have is not one of how we as Christians might be reconciled to the culture. Our message is good news to a culture who is at war with God. I'm not trying to establish friendship between Christians and the culture. I'm trying to tell the culture that they must become friends of God's through a work that he himself has provided in Christ. And then this. Who are the ambassadors? It's an interesting Greek word. The Greek word is presbuo which if you know anything about Greek is really close to presbyteros, which is a word that mean elder, which means elders. 
But the word presbuo is found two times in the entire New Testament. Two times. Here and in Ephesians 6. And it says that he has entrusted this work, this proclamation of reconciliation to the ambassadors. So who are the ambassadors? The ambassadors are anyone who, or everyone who has become a new creation in Christ. Which includes you. Folks, this term ambassador is not referring to the professional clergy. It's referring to any of us who are new creatures in Christ. Is that you? Okay. Then tell me, where are you right now functioning as an ambassador? Because that comes with it, you see. Surely, surely you're not sitting idly by asking someone else to do this work of proclamation, are you? Surely you're not sitting and waiting for the 20% to do the job of proclamation. Now, are you? Oh, surely not. Someone who has, who has found a new start in Christ sitting on their haunches? Without any investment in proclamation? Oh no! That couldn't be true! Oh dear friends, I'm so grateful for that 20%. What would we do without them? But you aren't a part of that 80%, are you? Oh no! Say it isn't so! Folks, there are classes to be taught Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and other times. There are children that need to hear about what Jesus Christ has done about their sin. There are children that are in need of some presbuos. There is a work of reconciliation to be done. And it's been entrusted to us. All of us who are new creations in Christ.
Do you understand, my brother and sister in Christ, that one of the expressions of my newness is that I take this role of ambassador seriously? Oh, my dear friends, it is time to join the ranks of ambassadors. People who've been made new. And have a new message for a world who's been separated from God by their sin. Somewhere. Somewhere, dear ones. You have got to be a part of that. Somewhere. Or then perhaps we must conclude that you're not a new creation because if you're a new creation this task is ours a couple more things and I'm done normally the one who is almost defeated in battle is the one who sues for terms of peace not the victor but here the one with all the cards announces to a defeated enemy I am willing to be reconciled to you the one who is in the ultimate position of strength offers he announces peace and he does it through us but if you are here this morning and you are not savingly joined to Jesus Christ it is or at least one of the problems is that you don't appear to know how defeated you really are defeated by your own sin you keep holding on to this foolish notion that you are somehow going to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat you cannot so be reconciled to God accept this gracious offer of peace based on the finished work of Jesus Christ the Savior that God sent folks peace is possible no matter how much destruction you may have caused by your sin while you have been at war with God you may have done some awful things most of us have but the offer of peace still stands and yet I'm afraid so many are determined 
destroy themselves because of their love of sin. Guys, we ambassadors, we are not asking people to do some great act. We're not asking people to fork over their money. What we're proclaiming is simply this. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. And if you will, here is the promise made to you. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not glorious? Peace with God? That's the offer. Our Father, would you um, use this text to remind us, at least for those of us who know you, of the, of the ministry that you have given to us, a ministry of reconciliation, a ministry that proclaims that you are willing to not count our sin against us because you have made provision for it in Christ. Would you awaken your people to the, to the need that exists all around us to be those ambassadors of this new thing that has happened to us? And then, Father, if you've led people here this morning who have not yet met our Savior, would you hold out to them this, the beauty of a new start and the establishment of peace, perhaps for the first time? Draw them into yourself, O oh God. Do that. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.